Hairbrushed in the toilet, and I just uh, rinsed it off with water and left it to dry. And I'm not going to tell her which one. It's this long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a game of Russian roulette with hairbrushes? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Maybe that'll make your hair grow faster. Well, I think there's proteins in the uh, toilet water that potentially could be proven to grow hair. Well, fertilizer obviously grows plants way quicker, so maybe you and yeah, can make your hair grow quicker. And that is the scientific theory that I am testing out if um, she listens to this episode and Asks why I'm brushing in the toilet. Welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 29. Living ever closer to 30. Yeah. I never thought we'd make it past three. No. So, we're going to talk about Instacult Films, Wolf Cop from 2014, and Black Dynamite from 2009. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, It's quite Black Dynamite, why don't we? Black Dynamite. Because I have less notes for that, because I've done them on my phone as I watched it last night. We're starting with Black Dynamite, because Black Lives Matter. It's from 2009, it's directed by Scott Sanders, who's not really done anything else. It stars Michael Jai White as Black Dynamite, he also wrote the screenplay. And the little summary from IMDb is, Black Dynamite is the greatest African-American action star of the 1970s, when his only brother is killed by the man, it's up to him to find justice. Out of the park, I fucking love Black Dynamite. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. It's like straight away when it starts and it's giving you like the advert for um, uh, Anaconda malt liquor and I was like, I would enjoy drinking malt liquor. As I wonder what, what it tastes like. Malt liquor, not Anaconda malt liquor. I mean, obviously as I watched the movie, I realised that I don't want to drink that. You've probably too. already drank I think it. I've, already been, I've already been drinking that one, I yeah. Um, but like, because it always looks like beer, but is it? It's not beer. Why would you call it malt liquor if it's not? But what, I mean, what does it taste like? Someone, I can't remember who, I was playing the last episode to it and someone heard you say about malt liquor and said, Tell him don't, it's fucking taste disgusting. <laughs> I can't remember, it must have been John. Said it was absolutely yeah. horrid. Black Dynamite is filmed, it's like a spoof of the old black exploitation films. So it's got dodgy dialogue. Shite acting. <laughs> Shite acting. It's very 70s. I love the 70s. Out of all the movies, we always go, this is brilliant, this is brilliant. And folk think, that's shit, what are you talking about? This is a film that I genuinely believe if you think Black Dynamite is rubbish, we can't be friends. Like I don't want I don't want you in my life if you think Black Dynamite's rubbish. Fuck so shall we move on your wolf then, shall we? Let's do this episode carefully because I will fuck you out. I wanna tell you a story about a friend I pay. He's a mean motherfucker and he's super bad. So grab on to your seats and hang on tight. Why I tell you a story about Black Dynamite? <laughs> First note is uh, he just kicked his way into the flat past the old woman. Like he literally kicks the door and she goes flying. And it's like I think I'm gonna like this film. <laughs> and uh, and I think you know my notes. My notes are essentially just a bunch of quotes. That's the whole movie's just built on hilarious quotes. It will just this episode will just be sound clips <laughs> over and over. But it's when he knocks the door. And he's like, "Is Nipsey in?" And she's like, "Nipsey's not here." Boom! <laughs> Sparkles are right across the. <laughs> That, what a way to start a film. What yeah. a fucking way to start a film. The other bit, it's quite close to the start, is the soul songs that keep playing mm-hmm. to tell you what's happening. Oh, yeah, His brother's I... dead! <laughs> that, that's actually so many scenes. It's a movie you could definitely watch over and over again. And it's a movie that you could watch when you're drunk or high with your pals, like a group of folk, and just have a, a hilarious time watching it if everybody's on the same page. I've watched it four times in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> When he's uh, practicing kung fu with all the Chinamen and they're coming out for different, and it's like you can see where they're doing the doing the, the camera tricks. Like he's 
like he's knocks him down from one side and then they make a guy kind of fall over but he's moving around the back of the camera <laughs> and he goes up to his other side and punches him and then the phone rings who the hell is that interrupting my kung fu <laughs> and it's his auntie what have I told you about interrupting my kung fu <laughs> who the hell is interrupting my kung fu <laughs> oh, it's such a good film but here's my question though, right? So that his, aunt, his auntie phones him when he's during his kung fu to tell him that his brother Jimmy's dead. But surely if Jimmy was undercover when he died, the police would would say to Black Dynamite that he wasn't on drugs. If he doesn't back on smack, he was he was working undercover. And then he wouldn't get so mad like saying, I promised my mama he wouldn't take the drugs. Do you know what? I never even thought about that. <laughs> but it's meant to have plot holes, like major plot holes, so that's yeah. probably just... But I never even thought about that. I suppose when you get to the end, the, the cop who says to him, like, don't, like, tries to break into his house. He's switched, little, little he switched the bear with the, with the paper and he's at the back. <laughs> Freeze, turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually, turns out to be the bad guy and that's uh, the end twist, so that's probably why he, he wouldn't have said anything about Jimmy at the, at the time. Uh, do you know why he was doing, his brother was doing that at the very start, was doing the English accent? Like, when they go, we've got somebody yeah. that shouldn't be in. It's because, like, Blackula and Scream Blackula, Scream the other black exploitation the lead guy who I can't remember his name the DVD's up there but I can't bother getting up he's actually like a distinguished Shakespearean actor like they had done Othello and stuff right. so it was a wee bit of a kind of nod to him right. I'm pretending that I knew that again IMDB the fountain of all movie knowledge when he goes to the bar I don't know if, I'm, if you've got any notes that I'm skipping over the top here then uh... the freeze turkeys but see when he does the speech about the little Chinese boy I guess you forgot about the time you and Bravo Company left my black ass for dead huh but I remember. I remember everything. I remember Vietnam like it was yesterday. I remember that village in Tainan that we cut down. It was a massacre. All the dead Chinamen we left in our tracks. I remember the faces, the children. This one child I'll never forget. Poor little bastard was still alive. Little Chinese legs were blown clean off. Still see his little shins and feet hanging from the ceiling fan across the hut. He was charred from his head down to his little Chinese knees. He tried to get up, but he fell over when what was left of his right leg broke off. As he laid there, flat on his face, he looked up at me. His little Chinese eyes burned right into my stomach, deep into my soul. He said something to me in Chinese, like, Boko Sao sounds like some cartoon shit, but I understood it to be a question that he was asking me. And I don't have to know how to speak Chinese to know what that question was. Why, Black Dynamite? Why? The best bit is because, well, it's in Vietnam, they're talking about Vietnam, and he just refers to him as Chinese. <laughs> refers to him always the so Chinaman. Nice. Everything about him is Chinese. And what he actually says when he does the little some cartoon shit is Vietnamese for your full shit. Oh, really? That's like, yep. ah, clever. I like that. Yeah. That's my favourite bit. I could probably watch that scene again and again and again. I watched a thing, I think it was on YouTube, a YouTube video when it says movies that are cleverer than you realise if you don't speak the language. And it's all these movies when they speak a language... And it's what they're actually saying. Right, okay. You know, maybe in, the, maybe in the movie it's supposed to be something else, but really, if you spoke the language, you would know what it says. And it usually is, I don't know what I'm saying, or this line is complete nonsense, or something stupid, something metaphysical like that, that they do realise yeah. it's outside the, the movie, and it's quite good if you spoke it. I, I don't know, if you spoke the language, in some movies it would ruin it for you, 
or if it would if it would need to get a wee joke. It, it, it probably wouldn't ruin it though if you could also speak English and see the subtitles. Then you'd know, alright, that's a wee in joke for me who actually speaks uh-huh, that yeah. language. <laughs> Compared to watching a movie where they're trying to talk a different language and it's all made up shit. Yeah. Which I can imagine there's plenty out there. You know how when he goes to the, right, to the bar, right? Mm-hmm. And he walks out in it and the girl's singing. It reminded me very much of the Star Wars can- cantina. Yeah. Just the way everybody was hanging about in the bar, the way she was singing, even her voice resembled the voice of at least the remastered ones that came out like later when they added in the, the new song. Is that a racist thing that you're saying a bar full of black people is like a cantina in space? Full of aliens and monsters. Is that, is that what you're saying? Is that, is that what you're comparing it to? That's, I'm saying that George Lucas maybe have that viewpoint. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> you know, paying George Lucas out to be a racist. Hey, look, hey, George Lucas can do whatever he wants. He's, I don't, I'm not going to speak for George Lucas. If George Lucas never wanted to cast any black people until Samuel L. Jackson got in it when George Lucas was barely even involved, I don't want to say anything. Oh, all opinions of Scotland Lane versus Evil are. But George Lucas is a racist. <laughs> we heard about your brother's death. The last thing we need is you running through the streets creating a river of blood. And tell me who did it, and I'll just leave a little puddle. <laughs> <laughs> I love how 70s this film is. See, like in some of the rooms they're in, and the wood paneling, and then the long, uh, the pool hall, and even the old cigarette machine. I uh, just, I just love the look of it. Like, I would just love to live in a time like that. The 70s? Yeah. I think they completely nail that time. Yeah. They just when, when, when was it made? What was it? Made, uh, made? 2009. Aye, so it was, I mean, it's great. And they, they've used, obviously, the, I mean, I don't know if they put digital techniques or used old fashioned cameras uh, to get the, the grain in it I don't actually know. I don't know what they used I bet it's, I mean, I'm assuming it's probably simple technique to do like the, the rough zoom in shots and then with the the boom mic coming in mm-hmm. the scene and the but I don't actually know where we're in the movie now but when he walks in and it's the militant's turn startled and the guy <laughs> the guy the other actor's been reading off a script and Black Diamond's kind of looking obviously behind the camera at the producers like <laughs> uh, next note I've got written down is a quote so I don't know if, where it is in the movie but it's a uh, you sent her in there with those titties and what did you expect would happen <laughs> in the doctor's office when you look at the, the black lassie and the doctor goes I said just get a urine sample that uh, that nurse is a porn star oh really uh, there's a few porn stars in this again from IMDB not because I watch porn maybe because I watch porn that's how you, that's how you, that's how you know Donuts don't wear alligator shoes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a montage that happens like half, like maybe halfway through, and I've just written what, what the hell is happening in this montage with the plane explosions. Then there's a helicopter. The girl waitress is fighting at a party. It's just all this stuff is happening probably with a with a song with words over the top of it. Just to like, it might be when he's getting all the all the gang together to figure out the story. Because my next note um goes on to the, like a part of the movie that I definitely can remember. So it's just this montage just of random. Explosions and cars and it's just showing the guys it's, it's just carnage. He's he's cleaning up the streets. The whole um, Greek god scene. I think it's supposed to be funny, but to me it it fell flat. To be honest with you, when oh, the whole like the four four or five of them are, are doing the whole um oh, and they're they're working. It's supposed to be they're yeah. working at the conspiracy, which there's no even any links whatsoever, and they're just linking stupid things together to then eventually get to what is I don't even know the conclusion they come to the, the anaconda malt liquor is by the American government because they're trying to beat down the black man they're trying yeah. to decrease their penis size so they rule so anaconda malt liquor gives you a little dick <laughs> it's meant it's a parody but so like all old fucking 70s films where the script just goes off and when there's shit linking up that 
even Colombo, there's things that happen. You go, what? Where did you get that from? It's just a spoof of that. I mean, it, it was kind of, it was kind of funny, but at the same time, I thought like it, it was one of those scenes that wasn't unenjoyable as such, but it was like it just was stretching. I was, I realized I was just watching it. I wasn't smiling or laughing. I was just like, okay, no, right, okay. I think it's, I think that scene was brilliant. <laughs> I really liked it. One of the one of the pimps uh-huh. from later on or earlier on. Uh, Mo Bitches is the black guy from Return of the Living Dead and I recognise him his name's like Miguel Nunes he's been quite from a few things from the original Night of the Living Dead Return of the Living Dead oh Return of the Living Dead oh sorry I, right. I, I, I get mistaken one of the pimps is also the guy from is it the Night Professor you know how the very first Night Professor when he becomes skinny and he goes to the bar and the comedian's on stage I don't know but laugh at you kick a few goal uh, and he gets his teeth <laughs> Uh-huh. And I'm assuming he's a famous comedian because I'm sure. There's think... quite a few. Arsenio Hall is in it. He plays one of the pimps. Tasty Freeze, I think his name is. I love the pimp's names. Tasty Freeze. <laughs> Mo Bitches. <laughs> Mo Bitches. Well, that's, that takes me back to a quote at the very start of the movie when he's got up to, to go and he's put his clothes back on. That was a great time, Black Dynamite. I had a great time too, Black Dynamite. And the third girl's like, I really enjoyed myself too, Black Dynamite. But quiet, girls, you wake up the rest of the bitches. There's like <laughs> four girls lying in the bed. That's good. <laughs> I think in Michael Jai White's real life that is the case oh I expect him to be exactly like that he's a life. handsome big bastard mm-hmm. and he's built like a fucking brick shit house man yes he is moving on so after this, this Greek god scene where they where they figure it out I'm like how the hell did the dick shrinking juice storyline become this movie I was like, at the point when I was watching it I was like I don't think I'm following this but I think is that the point yeah you're not meant to, there isn't it's just loose the it's first just... half of the movie doesn't really tie into the second half of the movie except this really weird vague ridiculous tie-in scene with the Greek gods and Roman gods and put them together and back and forth. Yeah, basically, his brother was undercover. So then his brother died and he's apparently, because his brother was taking the drugs that the man, who is the guy from Dumb and Dumber who ate the hot chilies, uh-huh, yes. Mike Starr, uh, that guy, so, but then he makes an omission to kill him, gets in tow with these kind of militants and then find out that the man is actually been controlled by the government, by Richard Nixon, who are trying to beat the black man down and shrink his dicks. Mm. Which then leads to the brilliant ending. Well, you, well they go to Kung Fu Island first before we get there, because that oh, ending is... How spring. good would a Kung Fu Island When, when he done up at Kung Fu Island and he goes up to see the plant, he's one of his pimps, uh, totally Leroy Jenkins is the whole thing, and he just goes up with his grenade launcher and he starts firing <laughs> at before he can tell the planet. But some of the, some of the end fights... Like see when he's when he's throwing uh, it's like ninja stars or something or a, or a he comes in and the boy's like arm gets chopped off he goes ha ha I threw that shit before <laughs> I even walked in the room <laughs> that was that was quite funny I did I laughed at the, those kind of bits it was good I mean some of the practical effects and stuff were good as well like it was it was a good it was good good fun but the last section was fucking brilliant is a is a send up to what is meant to be slagging the blood exploitation things I think it has it in the head and it's thoroughly enjoyable and as you say about the end which you're going to that is tremendous I mean I'm not really familiar with black exploitation as as movies I don't know if it was movies by black people who, who or if it was making like racist fun or like I guess because Hollywood movies. didn't really have any a lot of black actors and they were so always cast as pimps and, black, and girls and but then black people like were then making their own movies and it was very similar to this but I, I did get the humour and I did there was a lot of scenes I did laugh at and a lot of quotes that were absolutely hilarious and like to say the end when he comes he finds the, the, the whole root of the problem that he's trying to solve and he walks in and it's Richard Nixon and 
Bridge and Nixon gets up with nunchucks and the two of them are fighting with nunchucks so that's, that just makes us the best thing that's ever been made I actually now realise how much I wanted to see a scene where Richard Nixon <laughs> fought a black man I'd say there is until this movie the cracker house or the honky house or something <laughs> they call it the cracker house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it's like Nancy Reagan and he just fucking pimp slaps yeah. her under the cabinet and at the end of the movie goes up and apologises because he should have hit him because he should never actually hit him. He should never hit him. Take your filthy black hands off the presidential dinnerware, you moon cricket. First lady, I'm sorry I pimp slapped you into that china cabinet. I use excessive force. Oftentimes I cross a line, but I try to do so in the name of what's right. Most of the time, the ends justify the means. But in this case, I feel like I betrayed my own code of ethics. And for that, Sugar, I apologize. But I shot at you. I tried to kill you, Black Dynamite. This is true, but you did not connect. You shot a plate. Had you connected, maybe pimp slapping you into that china cabinet might have been justified. But I feel I crossed the line. And for that, please accept my apology. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but what I did think was I find it quite racist that after I watched this, Netflix automatically thought that I wanted to start watching Marvel's Luke Cage. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> it just automatically played it. I mean, there's no connection there apart from a strong black lead. A strong black lead. <laughs> so Netflix is racist. Netflix is so racist. Especially when I later talk about another movie I watched on Netflix I've seen. <laughs> uh, what would you give Black Dynamite? Right, anything less than a 10, you're a liar. Bro, last night I I wrote that it's in, it was enjoyable and talking about it back, like talking about the, the quotes and stuff, it's more enjoyable than I fully felt straight after watching it myself. But it was enjoyable, but I thought it's possibly forgettable. But but nope. but I I'm not sure. I think multiple watches would be would be easier, especially well drunk with friends. I think it's a really good laugh. So I gave it um I gave it eight honkies out of ten. <laughs> I can say that though because I'm white. I give it a ten, and I'm not giving it any races. <laughs> Just ten. I think it's outstanding. It's so clever. A ten. So that's you. You're you're dropping ten bombs then. I'm dro- I've dropped a ten bomb. All the black dynamite. Wow. It's hilarious. There's just there's bits you forget. You laugh at so many bits throughout it, and then all you can remember is the end scene. And when you go back, you forget about all the bits that you found so funny during it. It leads itself in multiple rewatches. I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. I think Michael J. White is a fucking beast. As a, like an action star, he's, he wrote the screenplay for this as well, and he's hilarious. He's done it all well. It's a total send-up, and yeah, I, I can't say anything about it, but I no, I agree. I, I enjoyed it. I did like it. There's also a cartoon now. There's uh, <laughs> two series, like a manga-style cartoon. Again, all the same voice actors. And that is also outstanding. <laughs> Kept very much in the same style as Afro Samurai. All right. But better. You're so righteous. This is also true. Because wherever there's injustice, wrongs to be righted, innocence to be defended, Black Dynamite will be there, delivering ass whoopings. And I will not hesitate to lay the hammer down on any clown that comes around. Because if they want to fight, they best come see me. Because I'm Black Dynamite. Dynamite! Dynamite! 
throw that in this movie. The movie I watched on Netflix was called White Dog, and it's about a a woman realizes her dog's been trained to be incredibly racist and attack <laughs> black folk, so she hires a a black dog trainer to try and calm it down. It's from like the early 80s, it's a horror. And I'm not going to say it's good, and I'm not going to say it's bad. It's but it's just, on Netflix. But it's on Netflix, and it's fucking weird. And the actual description says, a racist dog. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're if you looking for something to watch on Netflix, then, yeah. There are other options. <laughs> there are other options, but that is one of them, and it's not the worst. <laughs> Look, it was slightly enjoyable. And now you got a Wolf Cup. Another cop movie. Total insta-cult movie. Much in the style of like rubber and the things where they put two stupid things together, knowing that a dude's gonna go, This movie's gonna be brilliant. Wolf Cop is from 2014, directed by Lil Dean. Uh, it, the poster was Here Comes the Fuzz, which is great. It's a cracking tagline. It almost feels as if they had that tagline and then they Creates wrote the movie, movie around the tagline, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a series of strange and violent events begin to occur, an alcoholic policeman realises that he's been turned into a werewolf as part of a larger plan. Now, I first heard this movie on the back of a magazine, and uh, so I took a picture of the ad- advert in the magazine and put it up on Instagram, and I, as you do, tagged all the, the hashtags, wolf cop, blah, 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 this looks fucking amazing, and then um, and posted it. And I said, um, I was like, sometimes they make movies that you just need to own, and the makers of Wolf Cop spoke on, on a picture and said, oh, like, cheers, I said, it went... Like when's it out in the UK and they said it's already out on on uh, on Blu-ray. Sorry, you dumb bastard. And I was like, no, because it was because it it wasn't like a, a release like an HMV or something. Like that. The the magazine I can't remember what magazine it was, and um, so I was like, them oh brilliant, and then literally come off that straight on a the internet and uh, I got it like two days later. Right. And I was like, this is the absolute business. As it's the tits. So into the notes of this, the intro is fucking banging. then going straight to work because he wakes up in the, some lassie's bed or his own bed with a lassie in it I'm not entirely sure puts on his Polish clothes drinks the rest of a beer or a cider or whatever <laughs> probably a beer that's sitting on the bedside table and then goes straight to work he must be stinking but the guy the kind of sergeant who sure, then that, says yeah. I can smell you yeah but he looks stinking as well yeah he looks unkempt no, he looks a bit like a badass I think is that just because he looks like the kind of the walking dead no, I never even thought of that, but he does kind of look like that, yeah. so, that's, so I, that's, that's why. That's why you had a hard on the whole time. I said, um, the first thing, I, the second note here I wrote is, fuck Tina. <laughs> Just because she was the employee of the month, every month. Yeah, and then later on in the movie, I wrote the same note again, only I put an I in front of it. <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, because she's employee of the month, or the time or sheriff of the month, and then she's like staying late after night shift because he keeps fucking up. I'm like, fuck's sake. I don't think it off. was too hard to be employee of the month in that sheriff's office, though, because there was her and him. And him. He was raking the booze, <laughs> he was in late, and he was fucking shit at his job <laughs> until he became a werewolf. At the very start, it's on the radio about cats going missing. Looks like some people might have started early, as we're still getting daily reports about missing dogs and cats. I'm not pointing any fingers, no. but I'd avoid eating the hot dogs they're selling on me. And I'd avoid those pork swords anyway. You know what I've heard, Dan? People are saying these pets are getting... Pork swords, a real thing. I thought it was just slang uh-huh. for a cock. I, I'd have thought that too. It could just be a joke, but they go, I stay away from pork swords. And I thought, please tell me, Americans actually sell bacon shaped like a sword. 
and they're called pork swords. And would you eat them? Or just like a sword, nah, like a sausage on it, and that's just how you eat it, because it's like a sword stick at the end. However, I have wrote, um, I, think it's, I think this movie's Canadian. It is Canadian. Sorry. But is it meant to be American? No, no, it's Canadian. It is full Canadian. Yeah, it's full Canadian. I'm doing that, I'm doing that kind of British thing, the yeah. Canadian-Americans are the yeah. same. Well, they do it to us, so... Yes, fuck you guys. <laughs> Canadian thing about this, Willie has a cancer back t-shirt, and then later on, he wears it the whole way through it, cancer back t-shirt, and later on, one of the gangsters is running away, and he's got a different cancer back t-shirt. And are they Canadian? They're Canadian. Cool. So I don't know if he's my friends, and obviously I have cancer Wait. bats tattooed on me, yeah. I fucking love cancer bats. So, this movie, instantly, I was going to like anyway, even if it was shit. Just There's, because of that. Well, well it, they probably do know them. I'd, I'd assume, because I think it's pretty... As much as it's well done, I think it's independent a lot of the way. So and they probably, maybe they have pals with cancer, but so maybe they just like the band and that's what they like to put in a wee nod the head to that. Um, there was one mistake I noticed straight away. I don't know if you noticed it. You know how when he goes into the gun shop to his meet with Willie the first time and was like, no, don't say anything, and then he goes to lock the shop up to speak out the back and he flips the sign. You don't actually see the sign, like the... the open close sign but you can see the end of it and this, it turns it to the side it says come in we're open and then they walks with it you just went and turned you just went and opened the shop oh. so I just that was annoying that was a mistake because while he's looking at the sign surely you would know that that's what you've just done for a take talking about Columbo oh, I've got a very own Columbo right here very hey. good as Willie though oh, as Willie's, a character Willie is the best character by far played by Jonathan movie. Cherry who when I googled him he's actually been in quite a lot but Aye. nothing memorable but he's he's like he's got some really good memorable quotes and stuff, and this one's got a couple that I've written down. So hopefully we can either I can either try and attempt my version of it, or you can just put in sound clips for the people to hear. I'm going to tell you that I can't put in sound clips <laughs> so that you and then just put, then put the comparison of, of me <laughs> versus him. Um, the bad guy that walks in, who I thought was one of the first times I think I think I thought he was Corey Feldman. No, I didn't because that's obviously not Corey Feldman. I thought it was somebody <laughs> else, but it turns out he's pop caller from Tucker and Dale versus the Evil, and. If you remember, if you listen back to our alternate commentary of Tucker and Dale versus Evil, we kind of went in hard on, on Pop Collar. But because he, he popped his fucking collar? Because his collar was popped the whole way through the movie and he always was slow as if he was out of breath. <laughs> but he did have asthma and I think that was part of the character. He His Twitter looked as if he went to join the army and stopped acting, but he's obviously come back for this movie. But out of all the people who reacted to our alt commentary, when he was one of the ones that in this movie he's brilliant and we're not saying that just because he was pals with <laughs> we're saying it because he, he genuinely, genuinely was, was good. brilliant yeah really, really good. I still wanted to punch him but it's more, Aye, the, more the character was, yeah, yeah yeah why would the chief of police have a vote Terry there's a politician in the town his name's Terry and he wants obviously he's running for mayor or whatever it is in the the scene before it, he walks out of the bar and he's like, and the police are useless, the police haven't done this. And the next scene, the police chief's got a vote Terry badge. This is more like but, real life, but, but then, why would they have then that? you find out later that... Yeah, he's like, shape-shifted. The twist at the end, like the... the spirit. I mean, it's, it's an old done twist now. You, you don't know what the people in the town who are supposed to be upstanding turn out to be the bad guys. It's very hot fuzz. Fuzz, fuzz. Coincidence? <laughs> um but it's uh, so it's it's a, it's not a shock when you when you find out the 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 twist when you find out who's actually killing this. But he wakes up after a, another night of debauchery, and um, I think I'd be a bit more stressed if I woke up and I had a pentagram carved on my stomach. You just like oh shit. I don't know. I've had weird nights out. Nah, too bad. The night out after the cat house with you, and I woke up and I had a heartogram tattooed on my foot. That was a good one. I woke you, up. <laughs> what you say? Oh, that was yeah. That was the night I tattooed. I want to do bad things to Liam on my, on my leg which is on his thigh and it's still there and we should put a picture up to show people 
the commitment and the connection <laughs> that we actually have after all these years. Yeah. So yeah, if I woke up with a pentagram tattooed on me or carved into me, I'd probably just think shit got really weird and I need to kind of lay off the drink. Yeah. But I don't know how much I'd freak out. Yeah. At least when I burnt a pentagram on myself, I was sober when I done it. At least. <laughs> this doesn't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it's so fucking weird. In the town, they are planning to do an annual uh, party that's called Drink and Shoot. How fucking irresponsible is that? Like, I'm not. I, I love ridiculous fun stuff, but that's just a fucking bonkers. If guns were legal over here, like, if you could get easy access to a gun. Could you think of a better weekend than getting absolutely out of your face drunk and shooting things? Yeah, probably fucking shoot somebody. Aye, but you can do that and then you can be like, oh, sorry, I was drunk. And they can't do anything because they've they've basically licensed it. I'd be fearing to take a case of get shot. It'd be like, I think that, that would just be in my mind more than anything else. I'd be like, oh, I want to beat the back. But you can't beat the back because then you could shoot us. Everybody's just standing in a <laughs> fucking straight line. Everybody's steaming. Trying to walk. If you try walking a straight line when you're drunk, that's, drink and shoot is just a sh- it's just crazy. <laughs> no, Absolutely it'd be, crazy. It'd actually be a bit like the purge. You would turn it into, right, I'm going to accidentally shoot him because I fucking hated him for the last year. See, that's what you also need to worry about as well. The purge. Like oh, people sh- like pretending to be drunk but shooting you on purpose. Depends. If you get a bigger gun, then you're going to win. If I go there with a big, I don't know my guns, but one of the big bastards. An assault rifle? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just fucking mow folk down before they get anywhere near me. Then you'll probably go to jail. No, I won't, because it's during drinking shoot. I don't shoot. think I don't think in drinking shoot there's a there's a a, um, a bylaw that yeah, says you can't shoot the people. Yeah, is they trying to shoot the beast? No, it's an accident. The shit the, the we it's not a nod to my favorite Christmas film, but I like to think it is when he's shaving and the hair just keeps growing back straight away. It's like Tim Allen and the Santa Claus yeah. when he's shaving. The big Santa Claus beard keeps coming, and then I thought, oh, I fucking love the Santa Claus. I'm going to watch that soon. Yeah. Not but just now because it's Halloween, but... Santa Claus is alright. What? That's alright, eh? Right, um, fucking he goes to the bar, right? Yeah. She's fucking pouring him a lot of Jack Daniels. Like, that's not just like a measure, that's like a cup. But you then find out that she's also one of the bathrooms. Well, that's what I'm asking. Is she one? I was like, does she know? I was like, did, did, like she's got the bathroom, is she in it? Is there something where she just wants to take him to bed? Or is she actually in this? I don't know. But I've written down when I looked at the bar, right, see when it's sitting, I thought, I love towns like that, like, and bars like that. And like the old kind of, they still look almost like how they would have done in Western times. They're just upgraded. Do you know what I mean? Like if you imagine playing like um, Age of Empires or something, and you build the wee townhouses, and then you upgrade them to the next level, and they, they change to become more modern yeah. and more modern. Because sometimes you can see the storefronts and the the sidewalks still look like you can imagine how they would be if they uh, were Western and then upgraded to better quality materials and a and a proper road. So that's still kind of what it looks like. So I love small towns like that, and I would really. One, want to live in one, or two, think that we should still open a bar in style American and make a fucking fortune. Where would you? In Glasgow? Yeah. Just end up with cunts fighting and... Well, that's, I mean, that's the risk you take anywhere we open a bar, but it's, it would, it, I believe it would have people in it. What would you call it? Charlie Sheen raped Corey Haim. And basically, I would just, you know, and, and people would come in, drink, and hear the conspiracy theories behind the bar of how Charlie Sheen is not only a HIV, is not only a cokehead, uh, is not only went off the rails, he also raped the boys back in the, the 80s. Was he not a very similar age, though? I don't know. Well, he was, a bit older. he was like, Corey was like 13, maybe 11, between 11 and 14, and Charlie Sheen was about 21, so old enough to know better. But I think at that But young enough to have fun! <laughs> I know, I think at that age, Charlie Sheen was. 
was too busy still dicking ladies. <laughs> Apparently, the rumour is actually that it's Martin Sheen. Because he was very iconic and old enough to be beasting me boys at that time. Um, I don't know about that. I like he's Martin part Sheen. of a big family. It doesn't matter if you like him. Maybe like him more if he was... <laughs> He was pumping you. <laughs> well, come come to, come to our bar. You need to be eighteen to get in. Uh, but I don't like. What, is it just got pictures of t- Charlie? Like Photoshop pictures of Charlie Sheen raping me. It's kind of it's like a follow follow one from Peep Show when uh, Superman's wanted to call the bar free the Beatles. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know how well you were doing. Let's go with that. Well, we'll see. I'll maybe I'll, I'll go back to the drone. I'll think about it. I'll think more about it. Um, the bathroom transformation yeah. scene. Well, I would cry if I started pissing that much blood. And then I said I would cry if my penis exploded into a big hairy penis. We actually forgot to talk about the wee dick scene in Black Dynamite. Oh, the wee dick scene, nah, that was funny. Both movies this week had dick shots. They did. Uh, I like to think we did that deliberately. Yes. Just trying to bring more penis into the lives of our fans. Good. Uh, But best transformation wolf scene since American Werewolf in London. I think the... um, the transformation was really good and that's the thing when you take especially if this was low budget or indie it's really a big risk making a werewolf movie because all eyes are on the transformation because of American Werewolf in London that's what you you watch a werewolf movie you want to see the transformation because that's what people are going to judge it and base it on and they've really done well no, it's a really good thing but the part, I mean it's part of this the folklore that they create for this for this character that he just completely sheds his human skin and becomes the werewolf and then he just like sheds his werewolf skin to become the human again because his face comes off yeah that is the one thing about wolf cop it just doesn't make sense <laughs> <laughs> coat that I thought was weird after being a wolf for a while he wakes up in Willie's house and then Tina comes and he's like how did you find me and Tina goes oh you might you might find this strange but uh, I'm a police officer and that's it that doesn't explain fucking him how did you know he was in Willie's house just because you're a police officer I just thought that was fucking stupid. Yeah, like, you can, maybe you can detect stuff, but you, you're you not a tracker. Yeah. Another thing. So we'll give it a way the ending. Eventually, it's this kind of wee group of shapeshifters that are turning these guys into werewolves. Does that mean that the sergeant, who appears to be a shapeshifter at the end, yeah. Willie, yeah. the... The bar the, women. The bar, bar women, bar and the gangster guy, does that mean that they were all shapeshifters? I don't think... Or does it mean that... The shapeshifters were four people who just so happened to shapeshift into those characters, but the woman from the bar still is someone else, still just serving in a bar. She's not actually got anything to do with it, or is she? It doesn't really explain that. No, the characters we've seen, the barmaid, the sheriff and Willie, were all shapeshifters throughout the whole movie. Right, okay. The gangster guy was not a shapeshifter. He was part of the piggies gang that the cop was trying to solve, so they were they happened to get in, in the way of the no because at the end the rest of the gang ran at him and they're like why are you dressed like that and he's like uh, and he's got the big black cape on and he just shoots him he's one of the think, I don't think they, I don't think the, bike, the bike of gang were he is the bikerang's not but he is or it's just him right okay but then I just thought but does that mean then the big busty brunette from the bar is she a shapeshifter or is she still a, a lovely lady that we could be friends with no she's a shapeshifter ah well then eye stabbing scene it's pretty good. It's good because it is um it's it's good camera techniques to uh carry off because the practical effects aren't there's not really any practical effects other than the eyeball and then mm-hmm. the blood on the face. I mean you don't act it's camera techniques that, that just catch the, the movements and the actions. And basically you make the rest of it up in your head. And it's quite clever. It's worked because yeah. in my head 
it was outstanding and the practical effects were really good. Yep. Um, see, before the um, the eyeball or after the eyeball, I, can't, I, I don't recall, but um, how long would it take to spray paint a car with a fucking spray can? Not like a proper, you know, like factory like spray gun machine, you know, the, the machine where you put this, Yeah. It doesn't, well, if you're doing it over a montage or under a montage, it doesn't take that long. No, it doesn't take long at all. It's the same as when it's you're... It's totally matte black. Same as when you're preparing You didn't even mask for, off the windows or anything. But you're preparing for a fight. Your training can take like six months or six weeks. But if you do it a montage, it takes like fucking... Six minutes? Yeah. Even though less than that. Just a montage always speeds shit up. Yeah. That's like to do during the day. I just put some 80s music on and think the day goes faster. It doesn't, but I listen to good 80s music and it's <laughs> fine. So he, he eventually travels going through the biker gang and finding a meth lab that they're selling... Um, because because um, Willie's trying to keep him contained it turns out that that's what Willie's job is in, uh, by the cult satanic people or whatever who are, who are carrying this procedure out um, on Lou so he's got him in the jail cell but then the phone rings while he's a wolf and just he just breaks out pushes through it and then he answers the phone and that's why he becomes wolf cop rather than just a, a cop who turned into a wolf makes sense? yeah so he co- while he's the cop while he's the wolf he consciously decides to go and stop a crime which is a, a robbery at the convenience store and that's when he goes in and um, like punches fucking mm. everybody kills everybody and then takes booze and donuts and goes out and boys with good lines why do keep a low profile you know just like you know what, I think you should kill somebody else on the way out to the car I'd probably not commit any crimes if I thought there was an actual wolf cop about oh no absolutely not and I think Strathclyde police should maybe try and get that into the system that they yeah. just have one or two werewolf police officers rogue police officers in badass cars because it, it would keep I'd, I'd stay clean I think there should be a rogue policeman you know like a proper like but only somebody who properly upholds the law fairly well not fairly but only only shoots and kills bad most guys most movies though guy. rogue policemen are usually racist so do you want a rogue policeman? Well, it depends what side the racist fence he's on he hates whites then obviously I don't want, <laughs> obviously I don't, I don't want I don't want any kind of um, racist policeman I don't want an American police force here to be honest you're fine you're, you're so straight down the line that you don't commit any crimes anyway I don't so commit any crimes right. I don't I commit crimes all the time I commit crimes for breakfast did you what did you do um, some yes <laughs> <laughs> roll and bait and rape <laughs> is that what you call a roll and bait is it okay <laughs> two rolls and bait please <laughs> uh, right so he goes so, so when he goes he drives to this um, uh, meth lab and he comes in and then they all start kind of shooting him. But why Why is he bulletproof? Because he's a fucking werewolf. Just, that just doesn't... Unless um, the bullets are made of silver, they don't kill the werewolf. It's known, it's a way, it's a known fact. The bullets have to be completely crafted of pure silver. Or they don't kill the werewolf. They don't kill the werewolf. We have overlooked the fact that there's a bestiality scene where the busty brunette from the, the bar fucks the werewolf. And it actually is quite arousing, and I never thought I'd be aroused. I think at we. A woman no, a I think um, we haven't got there yet because I definitely wrote a note about that. Nah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I've got it. Um, because she's turned it because he meets her, and this is after the meth lab because he says, uh, "That's when he does the fight when he pulls the guy's face off, and he's running about with his skull, which is a great effect." And Willie goes, um, "We have to lay low. There's a guy running around there with no face. We literally ripped his face right <laughs> <Yeah>. off." <laughs> I think we need to lay low. There's a guy literally running around with no face. Like, you've clearly ripped his whole face right off. So they go back to the police station then... Is that your Canadian accent? Yeah. <laughs> no, I did have a Canadian accent, and I forget. I can't... Right. What's that, Boutet? Well, 
What's that about? <laughs> it depends what bit of Canada you're from. <laughs> I'm from the bit that's nobody there. What's Tim Now I'm from Norway, I think. He's just a good guy, eh? I don't know. Canada's a hard accent to do. <laughs> if you're Canadian, we are sorry. <laughs> uh, I think Adam still listens to this before I know so please <laughs> sure. he's just a skip. What, uh, just before the sex scene as well, she says, oh my, what big teeth you have. Yeah, and he looks down at his dick and I thought, well played, mate. Yeah. Well played. And she's got a red hood on and a basket. I mean, that's got to be meta, right? It's got to be metaphysical. They have to be aware of that. Meta me- for what? Little, little Red Riding Hood reference. Oh, I know you've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the sex scene, I, my note is, she must have got so many hairs on her mouth. Did she go down on her? Well, she goes in on her knees, so I mean, that's exactly what that means, uh-huh. isn't it? Maybe. As far as I know. As far as what I've been led to maybe, believe. Maybe she spat it out before the camera cut back to her. You can't spit hairs out, though. She'll be like... Ah. <laughs> 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 this, it's times like this I wish a podcast was a video <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah. see my only note is there's something sexy about a busted brunette fucking a werewolf yeah and I've left it at that after it when he goes back to the meth lab where the face ripping scene that you're saying mm-hmm. and the super close up shots and like the really rapid cuts so like you're seeing the guns and it's just bang 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 it really heightens action yeah and by that point I've got a fucking beer in my hand or a cider because I don't drink beer and I'm like fucking A let's do this let's party and that's what I like about this movie it's a party movie if you play it with your friends drinking much like Black Dynamite they'd love it oh absolutely it's just one of those films that it's ridiculous and nobody's not going to like it unless you're really like up your own arse and you're really fucking pretentious you're going to enjoy it and I like party movies you could totally play like if you could, if you have people over watching movies and eating pizza you could totally do both these movies double feature yeah. and uh, they, you would just have a great time and a drinking game every time someone says something hilarious you'll be pissed steaming four shots every time someone fucks a werewolf a shot every time you see a cancer bats t-shirt <laughs> and a shot every time there's a racist comment being black dynamite oh, no, you'd be fucked. so if you played the black dynamite first that's you you're dead you'd be in the hospital remember we played Rick and Morty drinking oh, game my God. in Spain and we chose to get Riggedy Riggedy Wrecked. And, and I did get Riggedy Riggedy Wrecked. After two episodes, me and Scott were fucking annihilated. Oh, man. And that was that was a messy night, all because of Rick and Morty. If you want to play it, just drink every time Grandpa Rick burps. Yep. Takes a drink. Yep. Every time... Either the two of them start. Morty... Every, either of them start. Anytime Morty says, Oh, Rick. <laughs> and, and every time you go through a portal. Yep, and you will be... Fucking steaming. Go back to the movie. Right. So then they take him. To the, so this after after he goes back, they take him to the the woods, uh, tie him up to a tree, and this is when they explain their whole kind of shapeshifting thing. And it's um the the three folk, the the, the barmaid, the sheriff, and and Wally. And the plan is they t- take the village idiot, turn him into a werewolf, and then on some full moon they sacrifice him and it rejuvenates them or keeps them going for another thirty two years or somewhere, yeah. however long it's supposed to be. But Tina comes along to save the day. And I think somebody else comes and helps as well. So they, 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 it's a quite, quite a good scene. There's some good... Um, I'm sure there's a scene where he, where he just punches somebody's head off. He does. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is always great. I love getting punching the head off. It's a, always a brilliant scene. Um, You've always said that. You love ripping the head off it. <laughs> it's real. But it's seeing um, Tina's getting stabbed. It's one of those scenes where they stab you slowly, which is always more sinister than... Like the Saving Private Ryan yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's horrible that scene. It was one of the scenes that I couldn't watch that movie for a while, like until later on when I, when I go over it. But that was that's a tough scene to watch. So it's similar to that. Do you prefer um, your stabbings quick and aye, quick, yeah, like, <laughs> quick and maniacal. Yeah, but then 
if it's also quick and when you see him stabbing arms at the times like it is like somebody in real life that's also quite brutally watched as well I mm-hmm. think there's something a lot more sinister and personal and intimate about somebody stabbing someone than shooting yeah um, so I think it's very clever in a movie if it's done right then it can really elicit some emotions however in this movie it was just like oh shit she's just been stabbed and then uh, Wolf Cop saves the day and um, cheesy lines all over the place what do you expect to do? And then once everybody's dead, they they're walking away, and he's like, "I could use a drink," and she's like, "I could use the hospital." And I was like, "That's that's quite interesting." I quite enjoyed it, but sometimes I I kind of thought because booze was his secret weapon, because when he drank the booze, that gave him strength, and I thought that kind of resembles me when I drink Buckfast. (laughs) Nothing resembles you when you drink Buckfast. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I don't drink it anymore. I've been Buckfast sober for two and a half weeks now. You should get a badge. Because that's quite good. I think we should all give me like congratulations on uh, well, online to your pages for that. What was what annoyed me was that you used to say, Oh, leave me to tell him with you I drink Buckfast. And as a non Buckfast drinker, I was kinda offended by that because <laughs> it's not my fucking fault you drink Buckfast when you're near me. But it's it, I'd say it'd be your fault to not stop me. How? What do you mean how? You're like forty two. Make your own fucking choices. <laughs> 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 right, what would you have? Uh, we've got... Uh, nine, eight, nine, eight and a half. Eight, eight point seven five. Hmm. I gave it nine. Nine hairy dicks out of ten. And I thought that you get the nine because of the... the, uh, the Which rap. is also Scott's Christmas list. <laughs> yeah, woo. You get the uh, you get the rap at the end. The Wolf Cop rap. <laughs> the Wolf Cop rap's brilliant. We should actually... Do you know what? This episode we're going to close out with the Wolf Cop rap. <laughs> That's how we do it. At the very end, they, certainly my, my Blu-ray, it comes up saying Wolf Cop 2 coming 2015. And I thought, one thing I've certainly learned from doing this podcast is never commit to anything until it's ready. Yeah. They should have just said coming soon because 2015 has came and gone and now in 2016 we've only had a potential poster that I'm not even sure is official. Because no, no, the poster's definitely, it was announced like two weeks ago. Production is starting soon and 100% it's that happening. Is, it's go ahead, it's that, going that's on. good. Um, but yeah, they shouldn't have put a date on that because yeah. then it, you know, just like it shows them up. Cause it's we independent, but they maybe didn't realise it would do the first one would do so well, and they would have time just to get straight into the second one. But you think because the first one done well that they would have more, they would have got more money and more chance, and people throwing but money. Maybe they've then it. been offered different roles, like maybe different directorial roles with big studios that they had to take. So, okay, independent project took a backseat. They still should have said um I'm so gassy with this cider man. Ugh. I'm so gassy with this beer. But I keep burping and it tastes like um Space Raiders. I keep burping and it, sp- it tastes like spicy pepperami, so I apologize. I went to um I was in, in the house today and after I had um a cheese toasted for lunch, I was like, Oh I'm still peckish after long went back to work and I went in the back cupboard and found all the sweets that she bought for the Halloween kids, so I just started tanking through them. <laughs> As you do. As you do. We're not buying anything for the Halloween kids because I know for a fact I'll eat it. You're just going to bring them in and give them pixie sticks with cyanide or keep them locked in a dungeon or something? Mm. something I don't know. I don't know, because see, any time you try to bring kids in at Halloween, you're always going to get caught because parents are on edge as it is. As you said last week, the woman in the works for not wanting her daughter to go yeah. with her friend's dad, then... People are fucking well on edge at Halloween. It's yeah. better to get them when they're least suspecting it, like just after Easter. They, 
It's. I remember being being young, and when I went like out, I mean, it was okay. It was to houses that I kind of knew, or at least knew that my family knew. But we used to get any. In fact, no, it wasn't even all those those houses. We used to go fully inside houses, doors shut into living rooms, Aye. and do a wee joke or whatever it was. And the guy would be be there. He'd just have like a vest on, and he'd be like, "Ah, oh, pick a pick treat," and you're like, "Well, I've only got a joke," and he's like, "Well, that's not the treat I want." And then he spits in his his bowl next to his beer. He's like, just dance for me. And then you all dance, and then you get a bag. And that's just the way it was. Because I used to get in, and the guy would just sit in the chair, and he'd have his penis in his hand, and he'd be frantically rubbing it. And I'd, before I'd done my joke, I'd say, what's the matter? And he says, oh, it's just an itch. <laughs> and uh, he says, I'm just itchy. And, and it wasn't until just now, talking about it, that I realised that he was actually, in fact, masturbating in front of me. <laughs> I, I, I always wondered why he was polishing. <laughs> polishing his bits. But... Again, simpler times. That's just what Halloween was. Yeah, because it, because in some houses you had to, you had to help the guy with it because he was switching. You had to etch it for him, and then you got the icing because you because you had the wee fingers that could get right yeah. about it. But it made sense because see now kids are just getting sweets for fuck all. I know. And then you grow up, you're not you're not working for it. You're just getting handed it. Whereas we used to fucking work for I it. I used to be. I was so happy when I bought my house because I thought yeah, I'm going to be so itchy October. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny little hands. Nobody's coming anywhere, balls. Near, nobody is coming anywhere near my house now. If any of my neighbours listening to this mm. podcast, which I don't think they do because my neighbours don't talk to me, because <laughs> I'm always itching myself. <laughs> you're always trying to get kids to itch your balls. I totally understand why no one comes to your house. Uh, no one used to come to our house next door because I used to turn on the lights off, <laughs> which I hated because me personally. Yeah. Now that I love them on, I want to decorate the house and properly go for it properly yeah. give kids sweets this year I probably won't bother because I've not done anything yet and I'm too lazy to but next year maybe see I said that every year because the, the, the year I done the best was I had the strobe light set up to go out through the, the front window and the smoke machine so every time they opened the door and I had a creepy music playing with thunder and lightning or like thunder noises going and I had because the, the strobe light was attached to this foot switch for we, when we used when we were gigging so they come to the door and I would just kind of tap it so it would be like lightning. Mm-hmm. The music would be playing and the smoke would kind of come out through the, through the door. So it was pretty good. The most decorated house on the street. And I've always wanted to properly do like a, a, a Halloween haunt. But it just takes so much time. I don't have the time. Did you win an award for most decorated house in the street? No. Well, what I'm thinking is I just start playing this song. And then kids come to the door. And I'm just standing up get like a salon on. Penis tucked right in between my legs. <laughs> I'm just slowly dancing, staring at them as they're watching for buckets. I always start waiting for their buckets. I'm just dancing, and they're like, and this guy going to get his sweets. I just keep dancing, I start putting lipstick on. <laughs> and then, and give them space raiders and maybe some monkey nuts. And do you get arrested? Go. No, because I've not actually done anything. I've not shown them anything because it's tucked back. <laughs> Technically, all I've done is apply lipstick. I'm going to come to your house uh, for sweeties then and see what happens. And I'm going to do that. Good. Right. Um, what have you been up to then, other than planning your um, sexual advances? Uh, uh, today I spent the day watching movies for our next episode, next week's episode, uh-huh. uh, in between running Lena and her sister to an alpaca farm Ooh. where they walked alpacas. Well, that sounds exciting. I've never seen... Two lassies as excited in my entire life to walk a fucking alpaca. To me, it's just a llama that doesn't spit. But well, that's you know that's the kind of depends what you're into if you if that's a plus point or a negative point. So 
but then it was good because I could then come back practice my dance for Halloween mm-hmm. and watch the movies good uh, I watched that racist movie on Netflix White Dog which is actually <laughs> it's not it's actually a social commentary on racism but because uh, Netflix is all racist things I felt a wee bit racist about it but I thought it was quite good I watched Pontypool have you seen that? no I think well I'm not sure I think I've seen it but then I'm not sure I always I'm aware that it exists it's good I enjoyed it it says best zombie movie of the year whenever it came out I don't really think it's a zombie movie. At the end of it, you're like, what the fuck just happened? As in, none of that would happen in real life. Whereas mm-hmm. I like a wee bit. I don't want it to be so fucking zany that it'll never happen or be based in reality somewhat. That was... It wasn't zany enough and it would never happen. So, it was a good movie, but I don't know if I'd watch it again in a rush. I also went and seen my Scientology movie, the Are Live Through one. Yeah, really good, but I didn't learn anything new from it. Uh-huh. Didn't that other? Yeah, the, the other Scientology documentary. But it's slowly through. It was brilliant, it was funny. Uh, and again, I left it at the end going, I'm not learning anything new, and I'm still so fucking confused as to. Why like, Scientology like, is a thing? Yeah, it's like left so many things open. Uh, but it was good. Well worth it. Like, go see it. It was mm-hmm. a QA after it, but we had to leave because. We're slowly through? Okay. Yeah, but he'd recorded it like ah. three days before London, so right. it was a pre-recorded right, uh, okay. Q&A. I wouldn't have left if Louis through, was actually right. there. Yeah. What have you been up to? I have been... What have I been doing? Um, I'm going to see Guy Tank Commander tonight in the uh, the Hydro. Oh, really? That'll be good. <laughs> uh, well, Lauren really liked the TV show, and it was quite good, and he used to live in my building when I used to live in Argyll Street. Um, so I'm hoping that it's good. I don't know. I don't understand how they're going to do it. In a stage show? I don't know. Same way Still Game did, but so it'll be good, but it won't be as good as some of the TV shows. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. I've been watching some Rick and Morty, that's on Netflix now. Started watching uh, Game of Thrones again to try and catch up because I think some really serious shit's going to happen in the next season or two, so I don't want to get any of that spoiled. So what series on, I don't even know. I'm um, halfway through three or at the start of four, I think. I need to get your act together. I know. Turns out it's all a dream. Winter is coming. <laughs> that's actually really good. Can't go up. What's it above the wall? Don't go north. The wildlings are there. Ginger girls with crazy minges. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well done. Yeah. So way better your German and Canadian <laughs> accents. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Canadian. I can't even get that. I'm sorry. That's a Canadian. Isn't it? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I um. I uh. I watched that uh, Amanda Knox documentary on is it good? Uh, Netflix. It is really good, but I don't know what to believe. Because you, d- well, you don't know what to believe, you don't know what it is, but basically, um, if you've not watched it, go and watch it. If you know the story of Amanda Knox, it's the um, the American student who moved to Italy and the British student who also moved to Italy, and the British student died, Meredith Kircher died in the house, and Amanda Knox and her boyfriend, Raphael Solicito, uh, get convicted, along with a, a guy who, I don't even know who this other guy was, he was, a, he was like a petty criminal, Rudy Gweddy, I think his name was. Um, so he get convicted for like thirty five years, and the two of the two of the the main focus of this thing, they get convicted, and then in the appeal court they get acquitted, and then years later, again when it was brought back up again, they get convicted again, and then when it went to the very final time it could be tried at the Italian Supreme Court, they were acquitted, and that's it. Like they can't be tried again. So so she's potentially got away with murder, or she's finally free. I don't know. One thing when you're watching it. The the reasons why they think that she was guilty make sense when you when you hear the story and you hear the DNA and you see all the other like 
placements and the the reasons why they, they, they thought she was guilty. When the appeal trial, the first one began, they looked f- really heavily at the, the DNA evidence and it turned out that the DNA that was on the knife, all of the items from the house were tested at the same time so there was a very high chance of cross-contamination because DNA will flow out of people very, yeah. very easily and it can be anywhere and everywhere very, very quickly and easily. So the DNA plus the videos from the crime scene, they were, they showed them again and like people were just like walking in and out without um, protective suits on. The people with protective suits on weren't changing their gloves between bedrooms and between picking up certain items of uh, evidence. There was one scene where to get in the back door somebody just kicks the window in, like properly boots it in and goes in the house. So all this evidence was said it was just a chaotic crime scene and bad policing and then uh, mistakes made at the lab. One thing during the uh, episode that happened when the, the DNA evidence was, was quashed was that um, as much as I, I love American culture and I love the, the whole country and everything about it, I keep going on about how much I wish I was American, I am aware that people who get a voice in America can very often be arrogant and ignorant and they show two or three clips of people who are allowed to speak on television on some news channel when the guys, the, one of the guys hearing the DNA evidence that oh, the mistake was made said, I can't quite believe what I'm hearing. And he goes, well, we have to remember, this is Italy we're talking about, not exactly what we're used to. And it cuts back to um, the Italian like lawyers and stuff. Says, Drunk was, police are like John Wayne Gacy well, and Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, get away with exactly, it. there's so many mistakes like happening with American police just now, like all the time. That for anybody in the whole world, people are, make mistakes. He goes back to the Italians and they say they were irritated by it and one of the lawyers says, this building we're sitting in right now, was built in 1308 and it's the first faculty for law in Europe. What were Americans doing in 1308? Drawing buffaloes in caves. And that's, you know, slightly racist. Probably. Quote, this whole quote, episode has been racist. Yeah, no, it's totally... But it's, I mean, it makes sense. Like, like, sometimes the arrogance of the Americans is really quite yeah. weird to watch. Like, hard to watch. Like, cringeworthy to watch from an outsider's point of view. But anyway, that's not the point of the, the, the documentary. The point of the documentary is from Amanda Knox's side and she gets to speak quite a lot. Does now, that not make it a bit biased? Well, the, the end of the, the end of the day is that she's been acquitted. So as far as we to, we we have to accept, she's as far as the she's law is innocent. concerned, she's, she's innocent. innocent. Yeah. She says all the right things, but when she comes out, when she comes back to America for the first time, she's doing a press conference and she's like making this cry noise, but her face isn't crying, her eyes aren't crying. It's just this voice. I'm really happy to be back with yeah. my family. So please, thank you and. Yeah. Thanks for all your support. <laughs> and that's what she does. And you say thank you and good night. No, I was almost <laughs> going to say that, yeah. But see, from, from in my job, having an understanding about personality disorders, mm-hmm. it is ripping right out of her. And she very well could be a murderer, but she very well also could be just a personality disorder who who happened to be in a yeah. situation that someone else killed somebody. I'm not and she, could, she didn't react the way that people expected her to react. I've not watched the documentary, but I've always thought that she definitely did it. It's, so I'd like to watch it and see. They do say um, at the end they say it's tr- there's a there's a journalist that talks to it. There's some English guy called Nick Pisa or Pisa or something. I don't know. Pisa follows makes things P I S A, and um, he's a journalist and he is just I mean, he just makes me watch want to hate every single journalist that ever existed. He's such an arsehole. but um, it's just basically like you think like because she's called Foxy and Oxy and that. I think the way she looks, she's the type of person who would probably get guys wrapped around her, her, her finger. That's right. I, I've always, I've always thought she's at it. She definitely did it. But I need to watch this and actually look at the evidence because I'm just doing that way, judging a book by its cover. Yeah. No, I, it's I mean, guilty, it, a guilty cover. Yeah. No, it is good, but... Um, no. Do you watch anything else? Uh, no, that's me. Do you do anything else? Mm, mm, just worked. 
Sounds shit. Shit, it is. Absolutely shit. The Chase Vault Mystery. On the island of Barbados in the Caribbean sits the picturesque Christ Church Parish. It's just like a lot of churches all over the world, complete with quiet graveyard where many of the island's inhabitants end up for their final rest. However, in one tomb in this cemetery, the dead are anything but at rest. It's called the Chase Vault, and it's at the centre of one of the island of Barbados's most chilling and sinister mysteries. The Chase Vault was first built by the Honourable James Elliot. The vault was majestic, made of carved stone, coral and concrete walls over two feet thick. At the entrance was an enormous blue slab of marble sealing the tomb in peace. The first occupant of the vault was James Elliot's wife Elizabeth, who died on May 14th, 1792. A few years later, the vault was purchased by the Wall-Rond family and was opened to receive the body of Mrs. Thomasina Goddard. However, upon removing the marble slab from the front of the door, the pallbearers were puzzled to observe that Mrs. Elliot and her coffin had completely disappeared. The reason for the disappearance of the coffin has never been solved. The vault eventually ended up in the possession of the Chase family, hence the name, and the first member of the Chase family to be buried there was baby Mary Ann Marie Chase, who died at the age of two on February the 22nd, 1808. Her small lead coffin was placed in the vault and the marble slab was put into place where it would remain for four years. Why are these vaults just changing hands is what I want to know. What happens if the new owners don't want old bodies to stay? Do they just get papped out or something? Yeah, I think they probably like dig a wee hole in the next door. It just seems to just be buried in, under the ground. That's what I'd start. It's the same in most graveyards. There's too many bodies now. Too many we need to start burning like Night Eleven did. Just start yep. burning them all. Yep. I like a fire in space. Really? Yep. In 1812, Mary Ann's older sister, Dorcas. Yes. <laughs> Dor- Dor- Dorcas? That's, that's a name that never survived. That's who should be getting fired out of fucking space. <laughs> Died under what would say was strange circumstances. It was rumoured that the girl had been abused by her father, Colonel Thomas Chase, who had a reputation for being cruel and sadistic to his family and slaves. Why have a family of slaves if you're not going to be cruel and sadistic? He liked to play the game Find the Penny with his slaves, and as they wanted a penny, they looked for it. Uh, penny was the colour's name for his jizz. <laughs> 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 the, the slave did not enjoy that game. <laughs> Some say that Dorcas was unable to live with the abuse any longer and starved herself to death. I'd have probably done that when I found out my name was Dorcas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first abuse, straight away. And her coffin was added to the vault. Only a month later, Colonel Thomas Chase committed suicide because he named his daughter Dorcas. And when the pallbearers opened the vault, a grisly sight met them all. Inside the tomb, both of the little girl's coffins had been seemingly thrown about and were lying in a haphazard fashion on the vault's floor with one coffin left upside down. The first thought that the men had was that the tomb had been ransacked by grave robbers, but there was no valuables in the tomb to steal and the heavy marble slab used to seal the place up had not been moved. Despite the mystery, the two coffins were straightened and the body of Colonel Chase was added. The Chase vault was sealed once more. Four years later, the vault was once again opened to admit the body of 11-year-old Charles Brewster Ames. Again, the coffins inside the tomb had been flung about, even the £240-pound lead coffin of the Colonel. By now, the story had begun to spread around the island and 52 days later, when Samuel Brewster was due to be buried, which is a long time to wait to get buried. It's quite over a month, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine the smell. The vault was inspected from the outside for anything out of the ordinary. They found that the vault was airtight and watertight and that nothing could get in or out. However, upon opening the tomb, once again they discovered that the coffins had been apparently violently disturbed. This time, however, one coffin was not out of place. The wooden coffin of Thomasina Goddard. 
However, it sustained heavy damage from another coffin smashing into it that Mrs. Goddard's skeleton was peeking out to say hello. By this time, the news of the moving coffins had reached the ears of Barbados' governor, Lord Combenbear, who decided that the puzzle of the chase vault must be solved. Lord Combermere ordered that the vault be inspected and made impenetrable from the outside. He then ordered that sand be sprinkled on the floor so that footprints would betray any human or animal intruders. Finally, the governor's seal was placed into the fresh cement of the vault seal as an added precaution. This is the way that the vault remained for two years and, during those two years, the curious islanders who wanted to get a look at the infamous chase vault reported strange sounds and howls coming from within. The chase vault had garnered a very foreboding reputation. It was time to open the vault, and Lord Combermere, with eight slaves and a group of able-bodied men and two masons, made their way into the cemetery and towards the tomb as hundreds of onlookers watched. Lord Combermere ordered an inspection of the vault from the outside. Nothing was deemed out of the ordinary or amiss. The vault was just as sturdy as it was when they first surveyed it. The marble slab was removed and terror greeted Lord Combermere's eyes. Terror befalls my eyes! One cannot believe the scene which sits before me! The coffins were again violently disturbed and flung about like toys. One coffin was pressed up against the door, making entry to the vault difficult. Mary Anna's lead coffin had been thrown so violently that a piece had actually chipped off. There were no prints in the sand and no one had entered the vault. By this time, the Chase family could take no more and had the coffins removed from the infamous vault. They were all eventually buried in plots in the cemetery. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator and writer of Sherlock Holmes, proposed, along with others, that the disturbances were caused by the spirits of the two inhabitants of the vault, Dorcas and Thomas, who had committed suicide and, therefore, were cursed and restless. The fact that the coffins had started moving only after Dorcas' chase was buried seemed to support that hypothesis. There were other explanations, of course, such as human tampering, earthquakes and explosions, but they were all ruled out. Explosions and earthquakes would have disturbed other vaults in the cemetery, and human tampering was dismissed due to the fact that the vault seal had not been broken. The marble slab was so heavy it would have taken eight men to move it, and the coffin blocking the door would have made escape for human tricksters absolutely impossible. The most popular theory, disregarding the supernatural ones, is flooding. If the vault had filled with water, the coffins, even the metal ones, would have floated. But if the coffin movement was caused by flood waters, why was the sand in the floor not disturbed? How would it account for the damage done to the coffins as though they were thrown with great force? Why wasn't flooding observed in any other of the tombs in the cemetery? See, if it was flooding though, it would disturb all the sand and then it would dry and the sand would just settle and there'd be no marks. Only if the water left on an even keel, if it left, if it got in some way, because the tomb's supposed to be watertight, if it got in from some way, it would drain out towards a direction so the sand would be over in the direction of where the water left. But would it? it to a point it would be maybe noticeable to see it moved in that Oh, sure. mm-hmm. The Chase Vault is not the only example of coffins moving around. The Curious Vault at Stanton in Suffolk, in which coffins were displaced several times under mysterious circumstances, is one example. F.A. Paley told of another example when his father was the rector in the parish of Gretford, near Stamford in England. His father noted that two or three times the coffins in a vault were found on reopening to have been moved around. The incidents created some excitement within the village at the time and of course brought out every superstitious belief that existed within the English village, which is a lot if you've watched old horror movies about English villages. The incident was quickly hushed up out of respect for the family to whom the vault belonged, but it was never solved. Today the Chase Vault still exists, but it is empty and it has been for almost 200 years. No one has tempted fate by allowing a family member to be buried there. To this day, the mystery is unsolved. 
Due to lack of scientific readings done at the time, some have speculated that the creeping coffins of the Chase Vault never existed and that the entire incident was a hoax. However, the Chase Vault does exist and records show that a Chase family did reside on Barbados at that time. And perhaps the most convincing evidence of all is that the vault remains to this day empty. Normally, this would be the end of our story had it not been for Lord Combermere himself. Lord Combermere died in 1891, having been struck and killed by a horse-drawn carriage. While his funeral was taking place, a man named Sybil Corbett was busy taking pictures of the Combermere Abbey Library. When the photos were developed, one could see a transparent figure sitting in a chair, the ghost of Lord Combermere himself. That brings up the question, how can you get hit with a horse-drawn carriage? You hear it coming, you see it coming, it's not coming at any speed. Get the fuck out the road. I don't know. I, I don't understand how people can get hit with <laughs> Maybe he's going a lot faster than normal. Lord Combat, me and my horses are running out of control! Move yourself! Move! Don't, don't worry, sir! It's a horse drawn carriage! I can Oh my god! And he's like, just ran over. Just hand breathe. It's like the horse is just running, so just step out of the way. Maybe it's not like the horse is running at you. Maybe he didn't see it. Maybe it came around the corner. You can actually see that, that photo of the chair when you can see the figure of a man sitting in it really? it's, if you google it Lord Combermere photo and also if you google this the Chase Vault mystery you'll find um, drawings done at the time of the position of the coffins before they were sealed and when they opened them up again you'll see how crazy it, it looks well maybe I'll try and find them and post them up on one of the groups um, and, like, call me pessimistic but I think it was Amanda Knox <laughs> yes yes 200 years ago she was throwing coffins about that's what I think she's in there and then she came about... back in the year 2008 to play a dirty sex game Murdered, murdered a young British tourist. Yeah. I think it was flooding. Flooding mo- Amanda Knox or a Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Always Yetis. Yeti, Yeti or Barbados. Alright, so that's episode 29. I had fun. Enjoy yourself. It was good. I enjoyed the two movies. If you've not seen Wolf Cop and Black Dynamite, do yourself a favour and go watch them because they are tremendous. As usual, you can get us at the usual places. You can get us on Facebook, Scotland vs. The Evil, the page and the group. Like the page, join the group, join in. You can get us on Twitter, at Scotland vs. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. I believe it's just Scotland vs. The Evil. And you can also send us your emails for requests for movies we watch. Tell us reviews on how you felt we've done. In, tell us anything you want. Scotland vs. Evil at hotmail.com. Cheers. Bye. 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 Cop in the streets, half man, half wolf, pure breeze. Patrol the town looking for trouble, man. Stuffing dead bodies in my duffel bag. Slash your face, rip the head off your body. Slam a cold boom, pump your body with the shoddy. Drinking human blood in the sacrifice. Welcome to the senior, see you in the afterlife. Team wolf, just a man, what it takes for blood. Watch the barrel start smoking when you trip on mud. Till you met me, you know what trouble was. Till I filled your jean jacket with a cup of slugs. A curse, with this curse, I'm a monster. Pissing on fire, high transforming at the choppers. I hear he menace with a badge and a gun. Don't bother trying to hide, cause there's no way you can run from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Don't try to hide from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. cop. Oh damn, Mr. Wolfie got a plan. Forget Frankenstein, more like the son of Sam. Soon as that full moon hits, there's no turning back. Everything turns to black, you can kiss my hairy ass. Bruh, how you like it? I've got you now, don't bother trying to fight it. Welcome to my hell, you've all been invited. Once you've been bitten, there's no way you can hide it. Forget wizards and witches, I'll leave you with stitches. Just for a speedy ticket, I'm hit with a sickness. There's no antidote, I'm alone on this highway. Drifting in the dark, just sparking a new crime wave. So go pray to the priest and drink your holy water. Grab your guns, lock the doors, hide your daughters. You think you got me? 
mess around and you better get your piece of bullet and better have a silver bullet. Cause I'm the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Don't try to hide from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Cop, cop, cop. Yeah.